0: Hallelujah. I like that when I heard that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What a, what a presence of the Lord here. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Those of you who are baptized in the Holy Ghost, just for a moment. Some say, oh, it scares me when you pray in the Spirit. Well, you better not You better not go to the Chinese restaurant because you won't be able to understand them. Are you hearing me? Huh? Come on. It scares me because I don't understand it. Don't go to the Chinese restaurant after church. Amen. You might hear a language you don't understand. <laughs> the body of Christ is lacking and lacking in allowing the Holy Spirit to move. The, whole, the, the body of Christ is lacking in allowing the gifts to flow. Amen? Amen. Come mama koko, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Koma nikito koma. Koma koko, mama, koko. Holy Spirit, we give you place in every part of this service. Hallelujah. Boy, there's a sweet presence of Jesus in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. Whew. Hallelujah. My, my, my. Someone said, Pastor James is losing his mind. Well, I say, thanks for noticing. Yeah, I, yeah I'm going to be led by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just hang around. It's going to get better. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles, we better get into something here in the Word today. Turn to Matthew 15. I don't know about you, but I got a suntan already, amen? The S-O-N. Hallelujah. In his presence, his glory is being poured out. Hallelujah. Matthew 15, 1 through 14, I want to read here. I want to take another poke today at dead religion. Is that okay? Amen. All right. Thank you very much, the two of you. Hallelujah. Glory. Then the scribes and Pharisees, Who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? Ooh, for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whosoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have uh, received from me is a gift from God, then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Now, this is Jesus talking. My my Bible's in red here in these words. That means Jesus is doing the talking. Verse 7, Jesus said to the scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying... These people draw near to me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said, he said to them, "Hear and understand. Yeah, hear and understand. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth defiles defiles a man." Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be, will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. Now I'll turn over to James chapter 1. Jesus wasn't too seeker-friendly there, was he now? He wasn't too seeker-friendly on that one. Come on, Jesus. You could have been a little easier on him, couldn't you? Huh? No? No? All right. He must be trying to get his point across or something, I guess. We'll figure it out here in a moment. James 1, 21 through 27. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness or a teachable spirit, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, And is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Hallelujah. If anyone among you thinks, say thanks. Thanks. He is religious. And does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Can you say amen to that? See, there is a counterfeit of the pure and undefiled religion that the Bible speaks of in the body of Christ. There's a counterfeit. It's dead religion. It's nothing more than a corpse. It's nothing more than a dead body That many are trying to look beautiful to replace the real thing. They try to put a wig on it. They cake that corpse up with makeup, mascara, and lipstick. Man, I can't imagine. And then they prop it up as a trophy. See, look at me. I'm all religious. When it's no more than a stinking corpse. And it's a stench in the nostrils of God. tell you yeah yeah i come back changed from jacksonville i'm gonna hit this sucker head on are you hearing me hallelujah hallelujah it is it's it's a stinking corpse now the title of this message i threw on it nice politically correct title is unmasking dead religion unmasking dead religion I want to unmask this corpse for what it really is. I want to reveal the characteristics of dead religion. What is dead religion? It is unclean and defiled in God's eyes. Now, pure and undefiled religion of what the Bible speaks of, it's alive, it's meaningful, it's life-giving. But let's talk about dead religion. Let's unmask this thing. Amen? Now, I want to start off going into this. Go to Mark 5. Hallelujah. Mark 5. I'll tell you what. The Lord's given me a mandate to pull down these religious strongholds in this area, in particular. And, of course, in the body of Christ as a whole. But this area is so bound. Bound. Are you hearing me? It's no, no more than man-made tradition. Many, much of it, man-made agenda, man-made schedule, and they expect God to bless it. Amen. Someone once said, "said You know, it, it, it God, if someone, if you got a hold of the steering wheel of your own life." God will sit over in the passenger seat and let you drive. It's the moment you let go of that steering wheel is when he will take over. Think about that. Mark 5, 1 through 14. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he, Jesus, had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Yeah, a demon, all right? Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, okay? And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, day, night and day, he was in the mountains and in, in the tombs, crying out, cutting himself with stones. Do we have any cutters in here today? It's demonic. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him, and he cried out with a loud voice said, and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. So here we got this devil speaking out of this man. For he said to him, Come out. Jesus said, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine, or pigs, was feeding near the, near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. And the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000 swine. And the, and, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Those pigs committed suicide. Now, let me, let me say, hold on, let me finish one more thing here. So those who fed the swine, and they told it in the city and the country, and they went out to see what, what it was that happened. My mom called me yesterday. My mom called me. She's a manager at a day's Inn on the east side of the state. This lady wasn't checking out of her room, 48-year-old lady. Mom said she seemed a little depressed when she came. The next day come... 12 o'clock rolled around, she had her do not disturb sign on, on the door. They kept knocking on the door, no one's answering. So my mom calls the maintenance guy because she had the deadbolt on. Called the maintenance guy, said, Hey, you know, you gotta come down here and help me open this. Something's not right. Walked in, this woman committed suicide right in the hotel room. Who blew their assignment? Who was supposed to go to that woman and encourage her? How many people do we have here today? How many people are listening on the air? They're right on the verge of committing suicide. They're tormented with suicidal thoughts. The devil's just having a field day with them. But who's blowing their assignment? Who's not being obedient to the Holy Ghost in ministering to those individuals? Amen? Amen? This woman, she had a note to her children right in the hotel room, right by her dead body. 48. Overdosed. I'm telling you right now, th- this is not a game we're playing. There's a real devil. There's a real God. People have real problems. People need real answers. Who has, a, who has the real answers? us Christians know the answer. The answer is Jesus. The answer is being a doer of the word. But you see, dead religion doesn't care. They'll let him sit every Sunday in that chair, tormented by the devil, while they get up and lecture out of Reader's Digest for an hour. Amen? It's ridiculous. In this account, there was a man that was demon-possessed with many demons. He lived in a cemetery by the tombs. You know, people, let me guess, someone needs to hear this. Someone who's obsessed with death. Someone who always wants to go to the cemetery. There's some demons in their life. Notice this man, demon-possessed. Boy, he, he was at the tombs. He was in the cemetery. Something about death. They'll wear black stuff all the time. Keep an eye out for them now. People tried to bind this, this maniac, this demoniac, with chains and fetters, but he would just break them, just bust them right open because of the supernatural strength of, of the demons that were in his body. Night and day, this man would cry out and howl like a dog and cut himself with stones. I'll tell you this right now, the demons recognized Jesus. When Jesus came walking by, those demons were tormented. They recognized the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because demons and the enemy, they recognize the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Demons are tormented by the anointing. Satan is tormented by the anointing. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, the Bible says, there is liberty. There's freedom. Satan and evil spirits don't like giving up their stuff. Are you hearing me? That's why it says when they're cast out, they try coming back again. If you'll give them a crack. If you'll open the door just a bit, they'll come right back. Because they want that dwelling place. They're disembodied spirits. The only way they can function on this earth and, and, and really do what they want to do is the assistance of a human body. This, this, this demonized man at Virginia Tech, don't tell me he wasn't demonized. Don't tell me it was just some chemical imbalance. Bologna. That guy was full of Demons. Who blew their assignment? Who didn't pray about this? Who, who, who didn't, who wasn't pr- praying in the Spirit that day? Who wasn't who wasn't praying and being led by the Holy Spirit? Who thought that, oh, no, that Virginia Tech? No, nothing like that would happen. Lord, fill my bank account. They pray for their own needs, not led by the Spirit of God. Here's the fruit of it. Here's the fruit of it. So the demons recognized the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, remember the account of the seven sons of Sceva? They said, I implore you by the name of Jesus who Paul preaches to come out. And the devil said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Are you hearing me? Demons recognize the anointing. Demons recognize when the Holy when you're marinated with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So Jesus cast the demons out of the man. After this man was set free, something very interesting takes place. Look at verses 15 through 20 now of Mark 5. Then they came to Jesus, who the religious people, all the people of the village and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they saw who it was, and they saw who saw it, told them how it happened to him, who had been demon-possessed, and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from the region. People were begging Jesus to leave. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And now he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to pro- began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. Something very interesting takes place. And I, I tell you what, my spirit tr- strikes a chord every time I read this scripture. Verse 15 says that the man was was sitting by Jesus. He was in his right mind. And they, the village people, the religious people, were afraid. Okay, let, let me get this straight now. You have a man naked in a cemetery, cutting himself, barking like a dog. And then Jesus comes along, delivers him, puts him in his right mind. And now you're afraid when he's in his right mind? Isn't that nuts? Why? Because dead religion would rather see people in bondage than allow the Holy Spirit to move in their midst. The people pleaded and begged with Jesus to depart from the region. Those who are bound in dead religion don't want to give up control. They don't want to move outside of their comfort zones. Religious people, people in dead religion, can't stand the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They can't stand the moving of the Holy Spirit. And they'll do anything, they will beg you to leave their church. They'll do anything to shut it down. They'll beg you, you, just please. They will prophely you right out of their church. Not prophesy, prophely. Amen? No, excuse me, they don't, they don't flow in the gifts at those churches. Excuse me. Hallelujah. Well, I got news for you. The Holy Spirit will take you out of your comfort zone. But what's the alternative? Sticking in dead religion? Grieving the Holy Ghost? Amen? Hmm. The religious people begged that Jesus leave the region. Those people were bound by the enemy themselves. Because they were more comfortable to see a man in bondage than to see the power of God set him free. Because they were bound by the same devils. Mm, My goodness. The anointing's flowing in here, you know. Just got to let him in, you just got to let him have his way. Amen. Let the Holy Ghost step on your feet a little bit this morning. It's good for your health. Amen? Amen. But when you're in bondage, when you're bound by dead religion, you don't think straight. You don't think straight. Dead religion is evil. It's one of, and I said this last week, I'll say it again, I'll say it till Jesus comes. Or till I go home to be with the Lord, whatever comes first. It is one of Satan's most effective tools to shut out the anointing from truly changing the lives of people. Now, listen to this. Satan, through Herod, attempted to stop the anointing when Jesus was born into this earth by killing all male children under the age of two. Remember that? Well, that wasn't just Herod ticked off. That was Satan motivating Herod. To stop the anointing. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm starting to preach now. Hallelujah. Satan motivated the murder of John the Baptist. His head was cut off. Why? To shut him up from proclaiming the coming of the anointed one. Amen? Satan and evil spirits hate the anointing. So when the Holy Spirit starts to move here, Jesus called the, the Pharisees, he said, your, uh, your father's the devil. So if someone's starting to get irritated or bothered when the Holy Spirit's starting to move, my question is, well, who's your daddy? Come on, if, if, you're, if Satan's your daddy, well, yeah, you're going to get mad when the Holy Ghost is moving. Are you hearing me? Amen. Amen. Oh, I love preaching. I'll tell you. The anointing of the Holy Ghost. Oh, walls are coming down in this area. Walls are coming down in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The purpose of meaningless, unscriptural tradition and dead religion is to stop the anointing and to lead people astray from the Jesus of the Bible. Make sure you read my next article in The Pioneer. It's called Knowing the Jesus of the Bible. In it, I talk about this pastor who says, who kind of mocked at me one time and said, our church is truly friend of sinners. I said, of course you are. You're the ones who embrace uh, abortion. You're the ones who embrace all this homosexual junk. Sure, of course. But our goal is we love them enough not to keep them that way. Are you hearing me? It's ridiculous. James one twenty one. Hallelujah. It's arrogance. It's pride is what it is. Amen? Thinking they're smarter than the Holy Ghost. Thinking they're smarter than the written word of God adding and taking away from the written word of God. Now, James 1.21 says, Therefore lay aside all, all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. It says receive with meekness the implanted word. You see, those individuals that are caught up in dead religion, are not teachable. That's why the Bible says, avoid foolish arguments with those people. Just avoid it. Because they're not teachable. They want to go their own way. They're caught up in in their man-made tradition. They're not teachable. They do not view the Bible as the Word of God. They do not view the Bible as absolute truth. Can't reason with them. They're so bound with deception and unscriptural traditions. See, tradition's okay if it's from the Word of God. Communion, all of these things, they're tradition, right? Just don't add your own spin on the Word of God. Are you hearing me? These individuals' theology is swayed by the world and by popular opinion. Not grounded in the word of God, which abides forever. Harry Potter, abortion, assisted suicide, homosexuality. Sure, why not? The world embraces it. Let's just go with the flow. Let's let's just go with the flow of the world. Let's just go with the flow. Come on. get. Instead of swimming upstream with the word. They're in la-la land. See, listen, dead religion is silent. It does not have a voice that stands for righteousness. It doesn't have a voice that stands for the written word of God. These pastors that embrace satanic beliefs are what Jude 12 calls twice dead and pulled up by the roots. They have totally disconnected themselves from the true vine, the Lord Jesus Christ, Maybe at one time they started off fine. Carlton Pearson, remember him? He was on TBN all the time and man, he he was in line with the word. Then he starts going off in this new age junk and now he's nowhere to be found. Brought a curse upon himself by teaching things that aren't scriptural. The same thing's going to happen to these churches that are leading people to the pits of hell daily. If they don't repent. Oh, I know, I know, I know what maybe someone in here or someone listening to me on the, on the radio or internet, someone is thinking this, Pastor James, you shouldn't be talking about other churches. You shouldn't be talking about other pastors. Well, the world may call them churches, but I call them a habitation of demons. When such waste, when such sewer is being spewed from the pulpit. Now listen, I'm a leader in the body of Christ I'm I'm not going to stand for this junk I'll fight it until the day I die and if the leaders don't repent like I said and truly make Jesus Christ Lord of their life I hope I clear out those churches I hope they're empty I hope they go up for sale and I hope a church gets in there that's preaching the word I hope they empty out Quote me, pioneer. Quote me, somebody. I hope they empty out. You see, listen. you got to understand this. I know so much of our thinking in America is is democracy driven. But kingdom of God is not a democracy. It's a theocracy. There is no political correctness with God. Are you hearing me? they are either preaching the truth of God's word or they're not. That's it. Now, I pray that those leaders be delivered from the devils that they have. If they want help, they can come to me and I'll, I'll cast those suckers out of them. I'm serious. But if they continue down the same road, I, I just pray they get out of the ministry now. Now, before they do any more damage than what they've already done to people. For eternity. Souls of millions of deceived people are at stake. Yet I get criticized when I come against the devices of dead religion in dead churches. Think again. How does God see it? Is God just wink at it? No. Because millions of souls are at stake. Wake up. It's time to sound the alarm. People are going to hell even as we speak right now. And we're just sitting around and you want me to be polite and politically correct about the matter. No way. No way. It's not going to happen. I'm willing to take the persecution for the sake of the lost getting saved. I'm willing and now listen to this. There's stern warnings for leaders that lead people astray. Go to Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23. I mean, for crying out loud, someone told me that one of my articles where I simply just wrote in there how homosexuality is against the word, I, 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 one, a pastor in this area, the lady said, when he read it, when he read that part, he got all ticked off and crumbled it up and threw it in the trash. Well, is there something we don't know about that pastor? Sticking up for this junk? Are you hearing me? It's ridiculous. This area needs a wake-up call, and the Holy Ghost has given it to them. That's why we're starting to band together. Us Pentecostal charismatic churches, I'm not saying we corner the market on anything. What I'm saying is we're banding together. We want the Word of God preached. Are you hearing me? The word of God preached. Jeremiah 23, 1 and 2. Look at this. Woe to the shepherds. You could put in pastors there because a pastor is a shepherd. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel, against the shepherds who feed my people, you have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for the evil of your doings, says the Lord. The time is coming. The time is now where the Holy Ghost is saying, whose side are you on? I'm serious. Whose side are you on? You you choose this day. Whose side are you on? There's a choice to be made, and it's your will. Your will is involved. Amen? Go to Isaiah 56. Look, I'm not into church bashing just for church bashing's sake. No, they wouldn't be bashed if they were preaching the word of God. This is serious stuff. People's eternal salvation is at stake. Isaiah 56, 10 through 12 says, His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. Dead religion silent, remember I said. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yes, they are greedy dogs which never have enough. And they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own way not the way of the Lord, not the way of the Word of God, not the way of the Holy Ghost, their own way. They all look to their own way and everyone for his own gain. Let's go in the flow of the world. We'll have a big congregation who are all on their way to hell. From his, from his own territory. Come, one says, I will bring wine and we will fill ourselves with intoxicating drink. Tomorrow will be as today and much more abundant. They all look to their own way. Pride is at the heart of dead religion. Pride is at the heart of dead religion. Go to 2 Timothy 3, and I'll get off my high horse about this. 2 Timothy 3. I mean, if if I have to talk you into jumping on board with me about this thing, there's a problem, Houston. If I have to really convince you that that it is bad that these churches are preaching this... Junk, there's a problem. There's a problem, amen. Yeah. Second Timothy three, one through nine. But know this that in the last days perilous times will come, grievous days, difficult days, dangerous and painful days will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households, who make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. See, I don't care how many college divinity degrees you have. If you're out of line with the word, you're wrong. Amen? Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. But they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all and to theirs also. Uh, And to theirs also. All right, now. Listen, all of these traits that I listed here, that the Word of God lists, are characteristics of those who hold on and embrace dead religion. Well, that's a bold statement. How do I know that? How do I come to that conclusion? Is that just my own spin on it? No? Because after listing all of these things, it says that these people have a form of godliness. But they deny the power. They don't know the Jesus of the Bible. It's a form. It's a shell. It's a stinking corpse. It's a counterfeit. It's only a form. They have their statues. They have their incense, nice clothes, religious talk. But they deny the power. They deny the real thing. Those people only have the form it's a religious outward shell. It's dead religion that has no power to change them on the inside. They honor God with their lips, but their heart is far from Him. Well, I got news for you. God wants your heart. And when He's got your heart, He's going to have your lips. When He's got your lips, He's got your mouth. It's a dangerous place when your lips are saying something totally contrary to your heart. It means there's a short in the system. There's a disconnection. Amen. Ooh. Only a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ can change you on the inside. Anything else is a counterfeit. Then it goes on to say from such people, people that embrace dead religion and not the word of God, people who don't embrace the Lord Jesus Christ, turn away from them. Uh, How can I say it again? Uh, Don't have fellowship with them. Let me say this. uh, Let's break it down a little bit more, I guess. Your spiritual temperature is in direct proportion of the people you hang out with. Amen. 2 Timothy 3 9 says that these individuals' folly will be manifest to all. They might be able to fool someone a little bit, nice words, nice clothes, all that good stuff, but yeah. The junk's going to come to the surface. It'll be manifest to all. The outward actions will make it known. Jesus said a good fruit can't bring forth bad fruit. Amen? When your life is not built on the Lord Jesus Christ, not built on the Word, Luke 6 talks about the, the building your life on something other than the Word. It says your life will come to ruin. But if you build your life on the word, you hear it and you do it, you're in a safe place. It's hurricane proof. It's storm proof from the storms of life. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. People involved in dead religion are not doers of the word at best. At best, they may hear the word. But not all of them want to hear the word either. Some will. But they'll feel very, very, very uneasy about it. Amen? Oh, Jesus. I want to say something right now. I don't know if it fits right here. Hallelujah. All right, James one twenty-five. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. A person that is free from dead religion and legalism is one that feeds on the word. I'll tell you right now, you, if you have a, a bit of legalism in you. You're bound up a little bit. Or a lot of bit. You, go, you read the word with an open heart. You ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the word to you. Reveal Jesus to you in a greater way. That legalism is not going to be as comfortable as it was before. Amen? They'll feed on the word of God or as the scripture calls the word. It calls itself the perfect law of liberty. And continues in it. Not just one time. Not just, oh, that was a great message, Pastor James. And then go do what you did. Nothing changes. Amen? Living your life according to the word of God brings blessings. It brings liberty. It brings freedom in your life. Hallelujah. James one twenty six says, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. An uncontrolled tongue and a deceived heart are companions of dead religion. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And like I said, he said that a good tree will bring forth good fruit, and a bad tree will bring forth bad fruit. See, we need to be a little bit more better on some fruit inspecting in the body of Christ. Now, I didn't say judge, but come on, if I walk up to an apple tree, there's an apple, tree, apple there, I'm going to say, hey, there's an apple. Are you hearing me? So many people throw this word, don't judge, don't judge. They think you're judging when you're telling them what the Bible says. It's not judging. That is not judging. We need to be fruit inspectors. Because first off, because it could affect your walk. You're hanging around people with some bad fruit. Look out, get out of there from such people, turn away. Amen. Don't think just because a person attends church makes them a Christian. Like I said before, just because I stand in my garage doesn't make me a car. But listen, some of the toughest people to lead to the Lord are the ones that attend church and are caught up in the deception of dead religion. Oh my goodness. It's those people who think they're okay and they're not. They're hard to get to. There's, there's only, I, man, there's only one problem with deception. It's deceiving. It's deceiving. That's it. That's the only problem. That's it. Ah. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. A little kid got it. Hallelujah. We're rolling in here now. Hallelujah. James 1, 27. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Pure and undefiled religion means that you are going to take the Great Commission seriously. You're going to take the well-being of deceived souls and lost souls seriously seriously are you hearing me oh but they go to church they're okay they go to church what are they feeding on what are they hearing are they hearing the truth or are they being dragged down to the pits of hell amen every church that calls itself a church is not a church or not a church of the Bible for a truly born it says here first off you take the Great Commission seriously, pure and undefiled religion. You're going to walk in love, and you're going to keep yourself unspotted from the world. A lot of people, a lot of people like to read that scripture. They pull out the thing about the widows and the orphans, but they forget the last part of it. It says, "Keep yourself unspotted from the world, unspotted." So obviously, the things that the world has the offer has to offer, it. It's contaminated. It'll put spots on you. Amen? It's a a cancer. That's all the world has to offer is cancer, spiritually speaking, and physically speaking. Amen? For a truly born-again Christian, the world system is viewed by them as evil. There's nothing good in it and anything that the world system has to offer, it won't satisfy. They know that. For the Christian who's truly born again, who's been delivered from dead religion, they know anything the world world system has to offer. It's a bunch of rubbish. A bunch of dung, Paul said. Amen. The Christian that Christian knows that Satan is the God of that world system. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, look it up. The word God is a small g, okay? But he's the ruler of the world system. That thing that, the, the thing that's running MTV, the thing that's running VH1, the thing that's running the world system. Satan's the chief over it. How much clearer can it get? That Christian is bold to reject the evil ways of the world system. And most importantly, that person is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not ashamed of the shed blood of Jesus. Not ashamed of the cross. Not ashamed to shout the message of the gospel from the rooftops. On the streets and to the lost. Not ashamed. Not ashamed to take people out of their comfort zones. Not ashamed to walk up to those people in dead religion and talk to them. And say, hey, look, I got something a lot better for you. You're dying spiritually. They're not ashamed. Because those truly, those Christians who have truly been delivered from it, they, ooh, they've tasted that living water. Oh, they tasted it. And I'll tell you what, when you get something good, don't you want to share it with everybody? you want to share it with everybody boy Hallelujah well so why aren't so many Christians, too many Christians sharing it with, with people? Think about it hallelujah that Christian that's been delivered from dead religion and that has pure and undefiled religion is fully persuaded that the Bible is not just another book but a message, a love letter from God our creator to mankind that shows us the way back to him through his son Jesus. It's not just another book. It's supernatural. The creator's love letter to humanity. Saying partake of what I have. Jump in the river of my presence. Soak in my presence. Get to know me. I want to know you. Stay connected to me. Because my child, if you're disconnected from me, you're going to shrivel up. There's not going to be any. My child, Jesus said in John 15, he's saying, this is him talking to you, his love letter to you. He's saying, stay plugged into the vine. Because anything, my child, that you, you're going to try to do on your own, it's going to fail. But he, I'm telling you, I want you to prosper. I want you to succeed. But you've got to stay connected to me. I know a lot of you have that dead religion running through your mind and you're seeing Jesus with a whip in and, and, and that and saying, Stay connected to me! But if you could hear the voice of the master today, the love in his voice how he just wants to wrap his arms around you. How he wants you to prosper. How he just wants you to be so overfilled with joy, so overfilled with peace, with healing, with deliverance. There's not a hint of condemnation in the voice of Jesus. And if you think there is, you don't know the Jesus of the Bible. Oh, my. See, I don't just want to play church. I want to be in direct fellowship with the one that's the baptizer and the Holy Ghost and fire. I want to know him. Amen. So, yeah, yeah, I hear the Holy Spirit saying so many of you, so many listening on the radio and on the Internet. Think that Jesus speaks in a condemning tone. No, no. No. Now when that woman who committed adultery was brought to Jesus, the Pharisees brought her and they wanted Jesus to condemn her. Say, we caught her in the act of adultery. What are you going to do, Jesus? The woman there crying. She thought it was over. Jesus bends down and writes in the sand. One at a time, people who are holding rocks drop their rocks. And we're starting to walk away. And Jesus said, He said, I don't condemn you. But listen to me now. And you got to hear this in the most loving, tender, caring voice that Jesus has. Are you ready? He says, go and sin no more. It's not a condemning. It's not... So many people think that Jesus was just mad all the time. No, that's dead religion feeding you that trash. Said, said, woman, I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. I'm giving you a new start, a new beginning. But listen to my child. Listen to me. I love you so much, and I'm going to tell you this one thing. Go and sin no more. Stay plugged into me. And I'll take you places you've never gone before. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to bless you like you've never been blessed before. But my child, go. Don't, don't, don't fall into the trap of the world. Don't, go, and, go and just don't sin no more. Come on. You can do it. And he's saying the same thing to you. Same thing to me. Same thing to the world. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the sweet presence of the Holy Ghost moving in this place here. The Holy Ghost is ministering to multitudes right now who are hearing this. I want to fan the flames of revival in me, in you, in this area. And it's time for people to realize and know the Jesus of the Bible. Who would want the Jesus of dead religion? Who Nobody. And if they do receive the Jesus of dead religion, it don't last. It won't last. But when you truly have a revelation of the Jesus of the Bible and how much he loves and cares for you, you'll want to stay plugged in. You'll want to. And you'll realize that your life is a mess without him. It's just a mess, and you know it. Oh, you know you just been, you, you're the prodigal, you you've ran off. You've been eaten out of the pig's dish or trough, and it's gross. Well, you found out what the world has to offer, pig food. Now you need an enema. (sighs) Mm. So take hold of the word of God. Take hold of the anointed one that can only bring you true freedom in this life and eternal life to come in heaven. Don't leave earth without him. Amen? Stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Lord, so many people are bound by dead religion.
1: Just
0: So many people just, they don't know. They don't have a clue how much love you have. For Father, you just don't have love. The Word says that you are love. It oozes out of our God. It oozes out of the Father. It oozes out of the Son. It oozes out of the Holy Spirit. And it's oozing into some of you right now. I can see it. There's a wave of His glory flowing in this place right now. Maybe there's some of you in this place talking to two kinds of people. Number one, those of you who you're a sinner and you know it, you have not made Jesus Lord of your life. You never had a desire. You never wanted to. Today, the Holy Spirit caught your heart. He gripped your heart. You know that Jesus is the Son of God and you want to taste, you want to drink of the living water. If If that's you, you want to become born again today. You want to get saved today. Come to this altar. The other kind of person is the one who you, you think you're saved. You, you said the sinner's prayer. You realize today, really, you've been caught up in dead religion. You, you thought Jesus was mad at you. You thought that he, he was condemning you. You thought that every Christian you're around was condemning you. Well, let me tell you something right now. He loves you. He died on the cross for you.
1: If you want to rededicate
0: your life and know that you know that if you took your last breath now, maybe you turned your back on God. You said, God, you know, I, I just don't see the benefits of following you. What's the alternative? An eternity in hell? Come on, let's wake up i want you to come to this altar and rededicate your life say pastor james i've been off track i know it i have truly gotten off track and i want to know the jesus of the bible i want to know this how this song is singing beautiful jesus if that's you you're unsaved come down if you want to rededicate your life come to this altar next if you've never received the holy spirit baptism today is your day to get filled to overflowing if you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism to be a true witness for the Lord Jesus Christ I want you to come to this altar maybe you have a physical infirmity maybe you have a mental infirmity something is not right in your physical body in your emotional senses you need a healing today well, the healing power of God is in this place. If you need a healing, I want you to come down. For the rest of you. Anything that you had held on to that's dead, you've been trying to put lipstick on that corpse. Oh, you've been trying to cake that thing, boy. You've been trying to make it look all pretty and pretty and nice. And God says, bury that thing. Bury that thing. Let the dead bury the dead. But Jesus is alive. And if you want to know Jesus of the Bible, I want you to come down to this altar and worship him. Worship him on your own. Come on down. Alright, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven five, six, seven. Seven people who want to know Jesus of the Bible. Fill this altar. Humor me. Fill this altar. Amen. Let's meet God up here at this altar. Come on. Come on. I'm not used to it, Pastor James. Well, re- remember I told you the Holy Spirit's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Come on. Just say, I want to know the Jesus of the Bible Father, let your fire fall Let your fire fall in this place Let your fire fall in Big Rapids Let your fire fall in Macosta County and surrounding areas. Let the fire of your presence burn away the junk that's not of you. you needs prayer. Anybody, just wave your hand at me if you do. Light.
1: Hallelujah!
0: We need to quit being sewer and puke. Amen. Amen. I'm serious. We want Jesus. the love of Jesus oozing out of us. Amen. Make ah, crank it up, Chris.
1: Lord, praise.
0: The gospel of Jesus Christ. Where it's they the power of God, amen. That's gonna set this city free. It's gonna set, set the captives free, amen. Oh, and, yeah, you're gonna be persecuted. But take it like a man. Take it like a woman of Christ, amen. I'm serious. You're gonna get it. I didn't mention this earlier. We'll now, at the end of service, the Oasis. We, we call that little coffee, uh, that lounge and bookstore area, we call it the Oasis. Revival Christian Center. Oasis. <laughs> all right? It's open now. Uh, Kathy Richardson has made coffee and all that good stuff. So it's going to be open. You know, we didn't even discuss it. She's going to hang out for a half hour after service or, or 45 minutes. I don't know. But Don't keep her here all day, amen. But go in there and have a time of fellowship, amen. Amen. Prayer starting tonight at 7 p.m., training center 5. Don't come on, training center students, come on back. 7 o'clock tonight for the next two weeks. Let's light a fire, amen. Amen. Hallelujah, let it burn and let it burn. Be blessed with rain, with sun,
1: with moon. My.